Good morning, good morning. How are you? It's Brenda Eshen Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your <clears throat> Excuse Me Everyday Life. And here we are in the new era of Zen and Relationships, also called Zen, the Secret Practice of Love. Woo! <laughs> I say woo because in Zen practice, we don't often speak of love exactly. Although it's there, it's there in every breath we take, in every moment, it's there. It's always there. And when we get up from our cushion or whatever we're doing in the practice, the love, the connection, the oneness, the acceptance... The, the vastness of life is with us so much more and more and more. So, you know, there's a saying, a wonderful saying that goes, wash out your mouth before you speak about Zen. And that's, <laughs> I should do it more than anyone. I'm speaking too much. Wash out your mouth. Don't put Zen practice into categories, labels, words. We diminish it. We freeze it. When we do that, we put it in a way that seems comprehensible, but it's not at all comprehensible. Just the way real love is not at all comprehensible. It doesn't come from our brain, from our head, from the rational, logical part of ourselves. And now, I'm not saying that there's anything at all wrong with the rational part of ourselves. It's very important. It's necessary for certain activities and things. But it doesn't really speak to our deep happiness, fulfillment, and experiencing of the beauty and the wonder of this world that we're in and of one another. You know, it might be easy to go out into the mountains and look at the trees and see a sunset and say, oh my goodness, I was gripped with the wonder of life, the beauty, the harmony, the magic. I was gripped. I was alone. I was one with the universe. Many of us have that experience at the ocean and the mountains, at sunsets, in more or less solitary settings or in places where we get a bird's eye view of everything for a moment or two. That's beautiful. That's helpful, but it's not the same as experiencing that in our everyday lives and the rough and tumble of our everyday lives and our relationships in particular. Actually, it's, the, it's our relationships that seem, and I must say seem, <clears throat> to cause so much heartache, struggle, upset, anger, fighting, everything. It seems what the other person is or isn't doing, what they're giving me or not giving me, We divide the world into the good guys and the bad guys all the time. Day and night, happy, unhappy, constantly in that world of relationships. Who's good for me? Who's bad for me? On and on and on. And we really, that's where the real practice is, as I see it anyway is right in our relationships, right in each moment that we're going about our life, shopping in the supermarket, (laughs) picking up our children from school, whatever comes, whatever, 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 boyfriend or girlfriend, 
being with the family, all of those moments are usually fraught, fraught with difficulty. So actually those moments are not at all fraught with difficulty. They're just moments like every other moment. And every person we meet, as I say again and again in this particular program, is our teacher in what it does mean to love, to have the big view, to be one. So so it's important to see what in the world gets in the way of that and to become free of not the relationship, but of what gets in the way of our experiencing the oneness, the love, the true caring <clears throat> that will really be the, will really, I don't mean the only thing, but that will truly fulfill us <clears throat> and not take away our sense of the beauty and the richness of life. <clears throat> and a lot of that comes from being willing and able to give to another. And I don't mean giving as barter or as manipulation. I mean really giving, which means really being there with them in a very unusual way. You know, one of the reasons we refuse often to give to someone else or to receive from them. It's because we're busy saying this person's good, this one's bad, this one's dangerous to be close to because if I get close to them, they're going to hurt me, on and on and on. And you know, there's a wonderful, wonderful teaching regarding that in the Zen practice, and it has to do with Zen cooking. <laughs> you know, during retreats, where we go and sit for three days, five days, seven days, ten days, all day long from early morning to late at night, no talking, the sitting, cleaning, meeting with the teacher during these sessions. And of course, we have to have our meals, three meals a day. And they're wonderful, amazing, delicious meals prepared by the cook and the few other students who join the cook. Now, the cook is also a student, and they're called a tenzo, the tenzo. That's their job for session. Everybody gets a different job for session. That's part of the session, a silent job cleaning, sometimes the jisha, helping administrate the session when the bells ring and so forth. The one who rings the bells, all different jobs. But let's stay for a moment with the, with the tenzo, the cook. That's considered actually one of the, the most, probably one of the most important jobs at the session, second only to the actual teacher. What does the tenzo do? The tenzo runs the kitchen, that's a huge, huge responsibility. Maybe there are 50 people in session, maybe more, maybe less. And it is the job of the Tenzo to provide three meals, delicious meals, <laughs> vegetarian meals, delicious meals a day, exactly on time, because everything is timed perfectly at session. When this bell rings, this activity starts. When the clapper sound, another activity starts. <clears throat> and that's part of the mindfulness. That's part of the clarity. And so the Tenzo has to have those meals completely ready to go <laughs> the moment the time comes for it. So the job is, is requires a great deal of attention, caring, mindfulness. Several students assist the Tenzo, of course, chopping, preparing the meals, making sure the kitchen is immaculate. Those others come in to help clean. But the Tenzo, the Tenzo 
creates the menus, buys the food. And then the most precious part, the reason I'm talking about this, is that, this, of course, this cooking is an act of great giving to others. And the act of receiving, eating it, <laughs> enjoying it, being nourished by it is also a wonderful, wonderful act. Now, in this practice, the practice of the Tenzo, one of the important parts is to see that each ingredient in the meal is precious. Mm. Every single ingredient is treated very carefully. Every single part of the food recipe, even if it's a wilted, looks like a wilted piece of lettuce or a wilt, something looks wilted. But in, in this practice, nothing is garbage. There's no such thing as garbage. And that's so important to hear that deeply. It implies not only to food, but to all of life. Something that might look like garbage is used in some way, maybe in the soup, in some way to nourish the meal and to nourish others. There's something nourishing in everything, a nourishing potential in every single ingredient, in every single person, in every single moment. Oh my God, how beautiful is that? It's something we should really take in very deeply. Even in what looks like a lot of difficulty and pain in our life or in our relationship, there's something deeply nourishing there for us. Receive it that way. Receive it as nourishment. Mm. There's no giving. You can't give if there's not some receiving. Someone's got to receive it. If you cook and cook and no one eats the food, that's only half half of the process accomplished. <coughs> now, this is very beautiful image for our relationships. So much we think of as garbage. We toss it away. We throw it away. This was bad. This was useless. This was harmful for me. I, I was wounded. And we hold on to that image of our experience relentlessly. Relentlessly. Now, let's go back to, to Zen practice and the role of the Tenzo. No such thing as garbage. Everything can be turned into nourishment, into something that makes the meal even more delicious. So perhaps a wound that you had, that's nourishment. How could it be nourishment? That's your Zen koan to understand that. What did I learn from this? Thank you for teaching me. Rather than hating the messenger, hating the person who seemed to wound you, what, thank you. We, we thank, thank you for giving this to me. What was... What did I learn? How does this nourish me? How do I grow? How am I a more delicious meal for others as a result of this experience? These are very profound and very important questions. Because once we take it in and take it on, our relationships and our whole life will completely turn around. Turn around. No such thing as garbage. No such thing as wounds. Nothing to throw away but to digest, digest. And when we digest it, we absorb the real purpose of our life and of our relationships. My very first teacher, Soen Roshi, 
used to say over and over, most of us do not digest our lives. So much comes at us, so much stimulation, so many thoughts, ideas, people. We don't have time or space to digest it. So we get heartburn. <laughs> we get heartburn, we don't digest it. But if you can stop, which is what Zen practice is, and digest the moment, digest the experience. We sit on the cushion and we are digesting some things come up, we remember them, we're digesting our experience, and then we naturally absorb what is beneficial from it, and we learn from it, and we grow from it, and we're not busy blaming, hating. That's a detour. Oh, you're bad, I hate you. I got to keep away from you. That's all the wrong road to take. It's a detour. First of all, you don't digest the experience that way. You don't take it in. You don't digest it. And you get heartburn indeed. Get heartburn. So this image of the Tenzo, or this function, it's not an image, it's a job. And But, but we're all the Tenzo, we're all the cook in our own lives, in our own kitchens, in our own living rooms, in our own offices, we're always preparing some kind of meal for someone else. may not be a physical meal of food, but what are you offering others? What are you giving them? Well, what kind of nourishment are you providing? It's a bit, these are koans and questions, but this is what we do in our program on relationships. We change the whole perspective of what we're actually offering, what we're receiving, and how we're digesting what is being brought to us. And one of the very strong foundations of the practice is there is no such thing as garbage. Everything is useful and meaningful and delicious, actually, when it's served up correctly, when it's digested properly. No such thing as, it's so sad, you know, because so many people treat themselves as garbage, as waste. So sad. And then, of course, from that perspective, very negative behavior comes from that person. They may have been viewed as failures, waste, who wants you, no one, you're useless. You know, we perceive each other that way. Even as children, parents can perceive a child that way. And it, it, we absorb that, that message. Very, very harmful. But it is also nourishment because once we see it and know it, we learn not to do that to ourselves or others and how to turn it all around. No one's saying it's easy, but it is a wonderful, wonderful undertaking for us all. So I need to stop for right now for today. We're having our, our workshop this Sunday um, from 1 to 2.30 on Zoom. And another, another one of the um, Zen and Relationships programs, The Simple Laws of Love, where we, we are going to work more deeply on giving and receiving. So if you're interested in finding out more, you can contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com or you can go to the website simplelawsoflove.com and learn more about the workshop. And even if you would like to register, you certainly can. Anyway, it's great to talk to all of you. Thank you very much for listening. And 
Have a very beautiful, delicious day. Bye-bye.